I'm here with uh, Ian Brooks, who is the editor of the Chambers Dictionary. On your badge, it's, uh, it says that you are the senior lexicographer. And whenever I think of lexicographer, of course I have to think of, of Samuel Johnson. What do you think of Samuel Johnson? Uh, father of lexicographers, I suppose. Lex- Samuel Johnson said that making dictionaries is dull work. He, he, he was someone who'd been through it, and he'd done the sort of thing that I've been doing for the last 13 years. So uh, we all, all of us, people who spend our time putting dictionaries together, sort of feel that we have a direct line of descent to, to Dr. Johnson. He had some uh, interesting things to say about uh, Scotsman. He said that oats was a, a dish which in England is used to feed horses, but in Scotland will, uh, is generally used to feed the people. So he was, uh, he was a little bit jaundiced. I think obviously he travelled, as is well known, with Boswell mm-hmm. uh, widely in Scotland. And uh, I don't think he always uh, thought the best of Scots as an Englishman. Uh, living in Scotland, I suppose I sometimes have to nod with uh, agreement at some of his observations. He also said that the best thing about Scotland was the road out of it. It's been said of, uh, of other places as well. But I, uh, my parents were from Lancashire, and they always used to say the best thing about Yorkshire was the road that leads to Lancashire. So I guess it's one of those uh, expressions that uh, probably universal... Uh, you are coming out with a new edition of the uh, Dictionary of Zachary. Yeah, the Chambers Dictionary is originally published in 1901... It's been through several editions uh, over the last 105 years now. Several meaning how many? About, it depends because sometimes we do a complete new edition. Uh, at other times it's been republished with a supplement of new words. So it's difficult to calculate exactly how many. Around uh, about nine or ten is the, uh, the, is the, the rough figure. So what's exactly uh, Well, uh, it's been concentrated more. What we find is that publishing technology has changed and also the speed of language change has developed. And so, in fact, for the first 50 years of its existence, the Chambers Dictionary remained basically the same, but it was just reprinted with an ever-expanding supplement of new words to cater for language change. So they didn't, um, update the they didn't completely rewrite the dictionary until 1952. That was the first complete revision. Then after that, there was another revision in 1972. And then in the 1980s, it moved to more or less a five-year cycle of new editions coming out. And obviously, publishing technology moved on to such a, a place where you can. it's much easier now to reset the entire dictionary and publish it, whereas before... That would have meant absolutely painstaking movements of movable type, which uh, made the whole process an extremely slow and difficult one. During the, uh, the session that, uh, that you've just uh, been involved with at the London Book Fair here, you indicated that uh, Chambers is not uh, a dictionary like the Oxford English Dictionary. Well, Chambers, because it was originally published in 1901, has a certain uh, unique perspective on language, partly because it's Scottish as well in origin, has a certain predominance of Scottish words. What makes it so unique just because it was published in 1901? Well, it was actually, well, the the Oxford English Dictionary was only actually completed in 1928, I think, so some of the material from the Chambers Dictionary actually precedes the publication of the Oxford English Dictionary, which is possibly standard. Did they rip off some of your words? Or? Uh, we ripped off some of theirs because they, and they ripped off some of ours, I think, because uh, theirs was obviously in publication over a long period of time. You know, They started publishing it under 
19th century and only completed it in 1928. And there's uh, a book being written on that too, isn't it, Professor in the Mad Men? That's right. In, uh, in the UK it's called The Surgeon of Crowthorne, I believe, that it's got a different title in North America. Winchester, isn't it? Simon Winchester, yeah. yeah. I could tell you a long story about that, but it's probably worth going to it now. Another time. The Oxford English Dictionary is a huge 20-volume work which lists every single word and gives citations of each word. In other words, it gives passages from English literature in which each particular word is used, and it dates them all, and so you can get a long idea of the span of the use of a word. Whereas the Chambers Dictionary is a single-volume dictionary, so it simply gives the word, the pronunciation, the definition, and the origin of the word. And in that, it's like several other single-volume dictionaries that are available on the market. And there's uh, comparable dictionaries by uh, the Oxford University Press and the Collins English Dictionary mm-hmm. and uh, the Bloomsbury as well, which are all marketed and sell at around about the same price range as the Chambers Dictionary. Which is what? Around about £35. Just um, 70 bucks in Canada, yeah. The difference between the Chambers Dictionary and the competitors is that they tend to focus on contemporary word use. So they will list uh, only words that are used a lot in modern English. They'll examine the English language computationally and pick up words which have a high frequency in their databases. Whereas the Chambers Dictionary doesn't throw away the old words that we had in the 1901 edition. We're building on the 1901 Edition. So as a result of that, you tend to get some rather strange words, some dialect words, Scottish words, historical words, and literary words, which don't appear in other c- contemporary dictionaries, but only appear in the Chambers Dictionary. So your dictionaries get fatter and fatter and fatter? Well, uh, we, we're a bit more creative about the way we design the dictionary. Uh, yes, they do get slightly moving. Obviously, if you look at the 1901 edition, that's about the size of what we would now call a, a compact dictionary. And the, the 2006 edition that we've published uh, has more pages and bigger pages than, than that dictionary. But we obviously, I think there are quite a few words which um, we... Obviously, we add new words to the dictionary at each uh, new revision. So the, the dictionaries do get... Get bigger. Uh, overheard you saying you're going online now and you're not even actually going to print anything? No, or? the dictionary does now exist as a CD ROM, so it's mm-hmm. possible to get that in a form which is searchable, mm-hmm. which uh, a lot of people who you do crosswords and word games find is very useful. That's another very distinctive part of the dictionary. Because it exists uh, and it has this collection, this core of old words which are unique to it, it's been seized upon in Britain by the uh, word game and crossword community as being its standard dictionary. So Scrabble it, uh, as well? Uh, yeah, it was for a long time the official dictionary of Scrabble. But no longer? There's, uh, I think, well, I'm not exactly sure of that, but uh, basically the, the official word list for Scrabble very closely matches the word list for the Chambers Dictionary due to various business reasons it's no longer precisely the uh, it's no longer a precise one-to-one correspondence mm-hmm. but uh, yes so the point is that the people who play these games rely on chambers for these words which aren't in the, the new uh, Oxford Dictionary of English or the Collins English Dictionary and so words like Malimaroking 
and Snoozle and Fern Tickle, which are delightful little words. Please, Fern Tickle. A Fern Tickle is just a little dialect word for a freckle. I guess from a belief that um, freckles were caused by your cheek, perhaps, or your skin being scratched by a fern when you're a a young uh, person. And that's a sort of delightful little story which lies underneath a lot of the words which uh, can be found in the Chambers Dictionary. That's why it has this particular charm which a lot of users find. Uh, once they've used the Chambers Dictionary, they tend to want to stick with it. And they, they find it's a great dictionary for browsing through. You can curl up in front of your fire and mm-hmm. turn the pages over. And on every page you'll find a strange and delightful story behind a word. Perhaps you could give us a few words uh, in addition to forensic. Well, um, one of the words I was talking about this, this afternoon was um, the word malimaroking, which is a delightful word uh, because it's defined as the carousing of seamen in ice-bound ships. Now, that's obviously a word which doesn't have a whole lot of use these days, but you can imagine that uh, anybody who comes across the word finds this, the definition is so delightfully precise that you would never want to forget about the word and uh, once the words enter the dictionary it would be a great shame to cast it aside Well, from Canada, of course, we're aware <laughs> familiar with cold so there's a lot of malamorocking going on uh, well, maybe not on ships, but... Uh, remember to use the word if you can if you can just casually drop it into your next conversation Well, then they might think I'm a pretentious ass, though well, well, they wouldn't want that. Well, but I think that the other thing, apart from this fascination with old, this fascination with old words that uh, the Chambers Dictionary has and words of dialect and literary origin, is its sense of humour. And I think that's the thing which uh, people also enjoy, which protects it from accusations of pompousness in a lot of cases. Mm. So you get um, some of the older definitions um, include things like an éclair, meaning it was defined in the dictionary as a cake that is long in shape, but short in duration. And we've kept on with this tradition... That's just why you eat so many of them, right? <laughs> it's actually quite opposite to the origin of the word, because éclair in French means lightning. lightning yeah. uh, and there's, that's obviously a pun, I guess, both on the, the shape, but also the speed, I think, of the consumption of it. So mm-hmm. there is actually some little truth and some kernel of... Uh, of sense behind the definition some sort of concrete link yeah Yeah. and we've also we've tried to maintain this uh, interest in humorous definitions in the new edition of uh, of the dictionary as well in the 2003 edition for example we defined uh, a boy band as if I remember correctly a pop group composed of young men who look good and can dance well and can sometimes even sing. <laughs> and so you get this slightly sardonic view of the Scottish, world. Scottish. Well, it also, I think, harks back to Dr. Johnson, mm. you know, who said that fishing was nothing but a, a, a rod and a string with a fool at one end and a, a worm at one end and a fool at the other. Is he your patron saint? Or? Um, I suppose he ought to be the patron saint of all lexicographers. Although I think I once came across an actual patron saint which you would have thought would have stuck in my mind mm. but I, I maybe St Nicholas is the patron saint of lexicographers but I couldn't swear to that one of the interesting things I find is that you know, when, the, when Johnson stuck it out he sort of culled through that, that he was such a, a hugely well read man that he, he was able to farm his own mind for one thing 
the story of the, the Oxford English Dictionary where he's a prisoner, right? Or he's in prison and he came up with all sorts of words that he was sending the st- in. The story behind the uh, professor and the madman, as it mm-hmm. called in, mm-hmm. in North America, depends on the idea that the Oxford English Dictionary was put together by James Murray, another great Scottish lexicographer who put out this plea to everybody in the country mm-hmm. to submit words and histories of words to him so that he could put together the Oxford English Dictionary, whereas Dr. Johnson was very much working as a single person mm-hmm. exploring his polymathic... Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think mo- you can actually go in London and look at the, the, the office, the seat and the desk at which he actually sat down and poured through English literature to produce his dictionary. He got paid, but he didn't really get paid very well at all. But then after it came out, he got some sort of pension from the, the king. Yeah, and um, I think his definition of pension is another interesting word. Dr. Johnson says that pension is a pay given to a state hireling for treason to their country, I think. Uh, so he, he wasn't <laughs> too praiseworthy about the idea of, of what a pension was. But mm. I suppose he was happy enough to take oh, that away. Yeah. Get them off the street. Wikipedia follows a, a pretty well the same sort of path, doesn't it? This is again uh, putting out a plea to experts of all over the world to contribute uh, yeah. to uh, an online resource. Yeah, which, I, don't even, I don't even know if they're. I don't know if. The, I mean, there's a plea may have gone out, but anyone can, if they can yeah. add anything yeah, to the list. Right, yeah. I wonder if there is some sort of a. Well, I, there is, I believe, because there's been a few stories connected with the Wikipedia that um, some scandalous material has been put, recorded on it as though it were factual. I've read that uh, various political parties in the States have been putting stuff on some sites and not on others. Yeah, I mean, as somebody in the course of my researches, it's a, I've had cause to visit the Wikipedia site quite frequently, and um, there are there is a facility on the site for anybody visiting to flag up the site as being potentially subversive or inaccurate. The idea with, behind the, the wiki technology mm. is that... Where does uh, that word come from? You know? It's a fascinating word. <laughs> wiki uh, was devised by a guy called Ward Cunningham. He, he wrote this... He's a computer programmer. He devised this software. And he, wanted to, he was going to call it Quick Software. It basically it allows anybody visiting a website to alter its contents. And he was just about, I think he was going to call it Quick Web. And he, visited, he was on holiday in Hawaii. And the shuttle bus between the hotel and the airport was called the Wiki Wiki Bus. And Wiki Wiki is a Hawaiian word meaning quick. And he thought it would be a great thing rather than calling it this thing that he'd created Quick Web, to call it Wiki Wiki Web. And so the word Wiki, in fact, comes from Hawaiian the wiki wiki web gradually just become shortened to wiki and hence you get the wikipedia which uses this wiki technology and I believe also there's even a, a wiktionary which is a, a dictionary which people can subscribe to using again the same sort of uh, wiki technology no wonder if, well it's wicked technology yeah no wonder if the I mean the great thing is it's free this is the thing which uh, and Google and the wikipedia very much changed the way that people can find out about language and also access information. Uh, for book publishers, this is a bit of a challenge, but also a, a very helpful resource. But I think it, it's interesting that people who use dictionaries now have a rather different expectation of the quickness, the responsivity to changing language, uh, because they're so used to being able to access information through Google 
and through the Wikipedia, what um, Chambers Dictionary can offer, which maybe uh, online resources can't offer, is a bit more of a historical perspective on things and more of a personal point of view. One of the things that I find interesting in in my daughters who are 8 and 12, the 12-year-old particularly, is very keen on rap, slang, and also all of the sort of shortened-up words that you would use on MSN. How much of this stuff is starting to appear in, even though yours is a mislanguage, right? Yeah. How much of it is starting to appear in new words that you're, you're picking up? And also the influence of the multicultural population now in England, whereas, what, 50 years ago, uh, it was all white, now it's... You know, I don't know what percentage, but it's a, it's a huge uh, ethnic population now. Well, there's two different things going on there. The rap music idea is, is something which obviously we monitor and we, we take note of new words that aren't in the dictionary that are coming through a range of sources. And urban slang and rap music is obviously one area of that. One of the things that we find as dictionary makers is that these words are often quite transitory Mm -hmm. and so it's difficult to enter a word in a dictionary when you're trying to enter a dictionary so that it will last for all time. What about like ho? Well ho is certainly uh, a word which is going into the dictionary. Um, That's actually one that the sense in which um, you're using it or which rappers would use it uh, is actually only going to be uh, entered for the first time in the 2006 edition. That's one of the 500 or so new words that we're putting in. And this is what you find with new words is often we don't put them in immediately, but uh, that's a word that's been around now for over 10 years and um, which we've found has, I think, entered the mainstream. And with words like ho and dis, those words aren't just confined to rap music anymore. Similarly with the language of SMS messaging, FYI and BTW, meaning for your information and by the way those are now used by a, a range of people not just teenagers mm-hmm. with mobile phones I mean speed is the ready process yeah. but that's in the dictionary now? yep but, but we don't routinely include all the uh, sort of shortenings that, that you come across in text messages mm-hmm. uh, the second point that you made, you made was to do with the ethnic diversity in Britain and the sort of words that are entering the language that's certainly true, is that there are huge areas of language growth. One of them is technology. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of words from new scientific things that are being invented and you which need words for them. Absolutely. Well, a lot of internet-related words, Family. fishing and farming, which are two types of scam that people can do when people send you an email pretending to be your bank and you reply to them and they, then they have your bank details. What's that called? That's called phishing. Phishing. But it's spelled with a PH rather than an F. How about fat with a pH? That's, well, that's, uh, I suppose that's where the f- change in the F to the pH is, is using that sort of thing. Fat is obviously that's more of a street slang word, isn't it? But also food is a huge area of, of language growth, and that's one of the areas in particular where the multicultural mm-hmm. nature of the population has influenced language. So uh, obviously a whole lot of Indian cookery terms which uh, were completely unfamiliar and now absolutely standard in British English. And also Japanese cookery terms and types of food. We're putting in words like ponzu and uh, yuzu, which are Japanese cookery terms into the new edition. What about swear words? Well, we're not frightened of um, 
Yeah. So many people use them all the time. We're not frightened of putting words like, um, which is where I was into the dictionary. Like well, yeah, I don't know if you ever use this one no, to no, uh, <laughs> use that, but uh, yeah, I mean, these words are in common usage. and Yeah. What do you do with that? Do you... Uh, it's, uh, you say what it means, you cover the different senses of it, the way that it's used in idiomatic expressions and not give a... And you wouldn't have had it in 1901, no uh, way, right? No, I, um, you've, I'm not actually completely sure in which edition it first came in, but I would think 1972 would be about the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly a, an article which I was reading recently about the, the fact that in 1969 the word was being used very widely in American canvases, but it didn't exist in any mainstream American dictionary. And I think mm. there was an American dictionary listed it for the first time in 1969. That sort of broke the taboo. Mm. And after that, all dictionaries have listed swear words. Well, the Americans are so odd, that society, because there's an example in the, in the book business of, uh, of the cover of uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's Memoirs of a Melancholy mm. Hull for <laughs> poor. In, in Britain, you can see the devil on right. the cover. In America, you can't. But it's the same cover. Yeah. It's the same cover, except the flowers over the nipple in the. Uh, you don't put any flowers over things. Uh, no, the dictionary, uh, dictionary is, is, can be fairly blunt, and occasionally people will write to us and mm. say that they are disappointed because their 14 year old child will, or their 4 year old child even will come across a word that they wouldn't expect to, to find in polite society. But um, it's that's part of the language, and if people uh, want a more cleaned up version of the language, then we can produce family dictionaries. In fact, we have a family dictionary coming out specifically for that sort of uh, user in mind. Okay. So how's business, okay? I'm a lexicographer. I put the, the books onto the marketplace. And, but have um, you company doing the ever has, or is it this? I'm not in a position to, to talk about bottom lines, but okay. uh, I You're think... Still paying you though, right? We, since I've been working for the company, we've, that of, we've the editorial staff has, uh, has increased, the number of books that we've published has increased, so I think the change is in quite a... Uh, vital stage at the moment, and we're just going through a rebranding program, so we're harmonising the way that all of our books looks, and we're trying to come up with a, a distinctive look for all of our books, which we think will uh, help us to market the books uh, more successfully. You mentioned that you uh, used to be a teacher, you, uh, you, you wanted to get out of that, you went back to school, you answered an ad, and uh, bingo, you, you were working with Chambers and you've been there for the last 13 years so just in closing what uh, brings joy to your why do you do it <laughs> well, I think there are, if I, I've actually worked for two different dictionary publishers and uh, I've been working for the Chambers dictionary for the last six years when I left my previous employer when um, the day that I left I was given a small gift and I thanked my colleagues and I said to them there are two great things that have been a privilege to work in dictionaries one is that every day you come across new words. I would, if I hadn't worked in dictionaries, I would never have known that in South Africa, when it's raining and the sun shining at the same time, it's called a monkey's wedding. And these little things, I would never have known about Malimaroking being the carousing of seamen in ice-bound ships if I hadn't worked in dictionaries. That's great. The other thing was that when I was a school teacher, I used to walk into rooms and there would be chalked pictures of me uh, messages on the blackboard <laughs> I would um, walk in and they would say Mr Brooks is a and I walk into my office every day as a lexicographer and that never happens to me so I think it's a great privilege to work as a lexicographer Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to visit with us I've been talking to Ian Brooks who is 
the editor of the new Chambers uh, Dictionary, which will be coming out summer of 2006.